2: hello we're together we're reunited grace is sipping a big glass of red wine and i'm being sober today because i was very lit last week when we were recording in italy and drank obviously every single day and every single night so trying to at least stay sober till wednesday
1: you do a good job of like covering it pretty well when I I'm think. drunk. Yeah. Like, I think you're just joyful and silly. And you don't do that. <laughs> I have the... And my dad has it so bad. Like, like dr- drinking doesn't suit me past a certain point. Because I just, m- like, monologue. Yeah. I have had some... a point where my brain is, like, so <laughs> tight. Like, my brain just cannot stop talking.
2: Yeah. We've and... had some really funny podcast episodes in the past where we've gotten so lit. And then Grace has had to go back and cut, like, a 20-minute stint. Crazy. Which is funny, because I usually am the...
1: The more talkative, I hate. I hate it. It fills me with such dread, self-loathing, and dread. What I think, what I, what happens in my brain is, I make a point, and someone's like, "Yeah," and then I'm like, "They're not understanding <laughs> yeah. the cosmic significance of this point." So I'll bring it back around and say it again, like a slightly <laughs> different way. Yeah, I feel like I
2: do that always in general com- conversations.
1: Um, but yeah, I, that up feeling when you've just been back to back and you can't even face.
2: Yeah. It's fun. It's so fun though. I love, I don't know. My boyfriend was like talking about wanting to just drink less. And I was like, obviously, yeah, we all, when we go to the doctor have to lie about the units <laughs> of alcohol we drink because it's like five in a week. Yeah. Which sometimes is fine. I'm not going to drink. But if you, if you have a couple of dinners out with friends, say yeah. Yeah. Um, you're fucked. But then I was also just like, I don't know. I love it. I love like a gorgeous little, in Italy At five pm every day, we were having an apérol spritz, and then going and having aperitivos and having negroni spagliatos and like chippies and olives and
1: yeah, the Italians a good time know how to do it. They have such a wonderful lifestyle there; they get everything right apart from breakfast. Apart from breakfast and bread, for some reason and bread bread is so bad. Why over hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of years have they not improved their bread?
2: Like they throw a fucking basket of days old. Yeah, they like they like the keep bread in a
1: warehouse when it's just been cooked, and then they don't release it to the public until it's been three to four business days.
2: Yeah, and it's hard as a fucking rock. And then it's you and then you, and you're hungry, so you, you pick it up and mm-hmm. touch it, and then you're like, no, come on, this is feral. It's like the airplane bun.
1: Yeah, you're like no, even the airplane bun is nicer. Like, it's kind of got that glisten and glow. Yeah. It's like a like a
2: lather it with that butter.
1: Yeah, it's like a Japanese bakery bun where it's shiny. Mm. Yeah, whereas the Italian one, a tale as old as time. Yeah. So then they I'll, Pour like, into the bread basket yeah. and then eat... No, then I put it back. Pasta. I'm like, I don't yeah. want that. And, and then... those little, like... You know what I mean? Those, like, extremely dry bread things that are in the shape of a... I like those. I love those as well. But that's... that's you just eat and eat and eat. Yeah. And then when your mains come, you're like, well, I'll still eat this, but it... <laughs> (laughs) but I'm full. I'm full.
2: And then I love using the bread to wipe up the, there's a word for that in Italian. Is there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. to wipe up the rest of the pasta when you finish. That's really cute that there's a word for that. I wish I could remember it starts with S. Anyway, the Italians have a great way of living. We, on the last day in Puglia, drove up to Bari, drove three hours because we were down the south, in the very south, just posted a whole bunch of tips not to go on about the instagram close friends but just posted a lot of Puglia tips on there um and then we drove up to barry because we watched stanley tucci's searching for italy um episode and he went and got assassin's pasta which is literally pasta cooked in a pan not in a pot and they cook it until it's burnt
1: like completely charred burnt it doesn't sound very nice but i do trust both the tooch and you, well, mm. that looks really good.
2: Yeah, it was good. Would I have it? Would I order it often? No. Is it a bit of a gimmick? It kind of tasted like university, but in a in a good way.
1: You know. Yeah. yeah. It look, now you've said it, it looks like university. So
2: we were gonna get two of those, and then we ended up getting the Orichetti with. Broccoli and that pasta is so fucking delicious. Orchid
1: is under underrated, underused. What is your favorite pasta shape? I think like the the very fat tubes. Yes, you know what I mean, and you get less of them in a dish.
2: So mine, which I always forget how to say it, pachiri, mm. which is the one we were getting, which is the one we were getting in Italy. It might be what you're talking about, but it's not the tubes. It's more square. That oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And we were getting it at Mascuzi and having the uh, Mascuzi in Milan. (laughs) But that one is my favorite pasta. And I kept like wanting to eat it everywhere. But obviously Italy is a big country and they have (laughs) pasta dishes that are specific to each region. So you know how we get cacio e pepe heaps. And someone laughed at how I said that in the Patreon.
1: No, I think you said it in a silly way because you were being an American. Oh, you're making fun of America.
2: Okay. I was like, I swear to God, I'm pronouncing it right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) um,
2: They have that so much in Milan, but then they don't have that at all in the South.
1: Yeah, in Puglia, I remember it was all very, I mean, understandably, very seafood heavy. A lot of vongole, which I I like now and again, but every night, no. Lots of orochidi.
2: But yeah, Assassin's Pasta wouldn't drive three
1: hours for it again. can i say something like extremely controversial i already know go on i i i feel like i've had the best italian food i've ever had outside of italy <laughs> like there's a like there's a, i there's... thought you were gonna say you don't like pasta oh no i i, I don't really eat pasta at home like it's not what i would pick for myself but obviously it's just like carbs and so- like it's nice but i i find that this like mythology around you go to Italy and, like, the you have the – you go to a little town and you have the best part. Like, that's just not been my experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of it – I've had good pasta in Italy, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't had that, like, oh, my God, you find a hole in the wall and it's, like, the most insane.
2: I agree. I think what they do perfectly is they cook the pasta perfectly every single place you go mm-hmm. where it's, like, so al dente and, and delicious. But then I agree. we We had some pretty – like average pastas when we were there. We had yeah. one that was it was so disgusting that I got home and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even have a gelato afterwards. I was like so <laughs> upset. We it was um raw prawn in it. Yeah. Oh
1: my god. like prawn. Let's discuss. I was literally about to bring that up. So you you and I you've repressed this from your memory. Went to Mescuzzi and I can't think about Mescuzzi now because oh my god, of the experience we had. And we had. Our normal favorite, which was cacio e pepe, but it came with a little ball of mozzarella and all these raw prawns on top. And I thought you liked it. I don't think you did. Mm -mm. And we just never discussed it. Yeah. And I was like, I hate that. What? Like, I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Raw prawns should be illegal. That is a traditional Italian thing. The raw the raw prawn or raw Mm-mm. thing, it's its gross. It's gross, it's gross, it's gross. We ordered one
2: and they didn't say anything about it being raw. It was just like a prawn. It was supposed to be a prawn pasta mm-hmm. with... Fettuccine or something, and then yeah, it was raw, and I was trying to eat it because I didn't understand that it was raw. I was just like, I don't know what's going on, and Mm. I ate so much of it. And then you know that feeling where you just can't stop thinking about it, and Mm. you're like, I went to go get a gelato, and then I was like, I actually, don't think I can eat this. And then we like sat in the car, and then I kept being like, fucking repeating. You feel like you've been violated. You
1: feel like something bad's happened. Well, yeah,
2: I was just like, oh, I feel sick. I feel sick. I feel sick. I feel sick. Now I'm car sick. (laughs) Like. Such a baby. And then got home and just like threw up. And I was like, that was the worst meal ever. And it's
1: really, like, not to belabor the point, but like, it's just really fishy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all bad. It's all wrong.
2: Yeah. But orecchiti with broccoli, good. Very good.
1: And like a fennel sausage, if I may add. (laughs) What? have you had that combination? Fennel sausage. With broccoli and... no
2: (laughs) is that vegetarian like just fennel
1: no it's a pork and fennel well then obviously i have not but (laughs) in my head you're fully eating all meat again but is it just
2: just chicken chicken. anyway anyway (laughs) um... (laughs) gina lyons did a piece did an interview with the new york times talking about how she's gonna go on the real housewives of new york and just being really really honest about her reasoning behind it so we talked about it briefly um she's the former what was she creative director of jq oh yeah and president of j crew Um, and everyone was obsessed with her and she was so stylish and she was so cool and then she left in 2017 and she's saying in this that she that kind of just meant that she left the public eye in a way she was still kind of in the fashion girlies orbit Mm -hmm. because she's so stylish and her house is so chic I didn't actually know anything about her until last year when I was looking for furniture in and stumbled across oh. her pink couch
1: that I'm obsessed with. Her house is beyond. Her house she is so nice. She just has such immaculate taste. And there was just an era where she was just like the girly and where people actually wanted J. Crew, which is like so hard to get your head around. Like you'd go to America and want to go to j crew to buy shit (laughs) yeah because jen alliance was designing it
2: and she had a Jenna's edit
1: edit on the website yeah and it was just really i don't even know if it was that good it was like the emily Weiss, that very specific era of Mm. new york where Mm -hmm. everyone just wanted to be sold something by a girl boss this article is so interesting because everyone after she left J. Crew was just waiting for the next huge thing she did. And then she just never really did. And then from her perspective, she almost was waiting for the next huge thing she did, but she just didn't know. Like she's almost just waited for something to come along in a way, which I find so interesting for how big a deal she was. Like, well, I, I feel like I would be her as well. You would just assume the job offers would come like rolling in.
2: Mm-hmm. So she was obviously sitting back and then just kind of not being proactive about it. And then... I don't know it's like you surely she should have seen that stuff was there was movement happening at other brands and like throwing her hat in the ring but it turns out the first thing she's done that for is the real housewives of New York
1: well it said she tried to do a tv hosting gig which I totally missed and it wasn't very successful and then she launched a fake eyelashes brand which I remember that and just thought it was the most random thing well yeah she still has that yeah because it's just not something you associate with her in any way yeah fake eyelashes yeah, and she's so style. Like you know, it's like she could have just done a line of t-shirts or a li- like like any business to do with fashion, people would have bought it. Fashion or um
2: furniture or furniture. Yeah. So she was saying that um she did this podcast episode, and about an hour into the conversation, one of the interviewers pitched an idea that she would be a cast me- should be a cast member on the Real Housewives of New York City and then she replied i'm down and the new york times wrote two words that may have changed her life (laughs) and then they go on to talk about like yeah why she is so famous in the fashion industry and how she's been to like the met gala seven times Mm -hmm. and how that's so such in like stark juxtaposition to the housewives yeah it goes the housewives are a brawling pageant of guilty pleasure, redefining the cultural meaning of housewife. Many of them were in fact divorced. They were flamboyant, chaotic. Two of them went to prison.
1: Jen, <laughs> ah. Shan Teresa, who you've seen.
2: Teresa, I was on her honeymoon. I know. This time
1: last year. My wife's famous.
2: <laughs> My wife's famous. Can we stay at your hotel?
1: Yes. So the thing that's crazy when I heard that basically what happened with real housewives of New York is like a New York aficionado is that, it was it's probably it's probably the most iconic series in the sense that like in every other city the women get on there they have to act chaotic and crazy they're not famous and then they do what they have to just to, to stay on the show and then the show hits a certain critical mass of success and then they become super boring and they just like have their lines that they're trying to shill for and their public image and they don't want any drama and they protect all of the stuff in their personal lives and it kind of flatlines but with new york they just got more chaotic (laughs) season they they just seem to not give a fuck about what anyone thought about them in this insane way so like sonia morgan as an example was married to literally the jp morgan heir, like serious 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 like money and new york socialite shit And every season she would just get her kid off and get wasted and just be (laughs) running around and, like, smashing glasses and crying and talking about being friends with JFK Jr. And, like, insane. So it's – there's this, like, weird legacy about New York where it's just a strange little unicorn in the Real Housewives franchise. But basically all the women that were in it when it became really famous, they kind of just got – almost too old in a way like they're all in their 60s now and they didn't really do a good job of bringing in younger cooler people and it just lost its way so they've done this revamp and getting Jenna Lyons is like the biggest get ever it's insane because the whole point of Real Housewives is it's like wannabes that can't do anything else and go on the show because it's like the only way they would ever be famous and successful but for her She is so famous. Like, it's just so interesting that she would agree to do it. So I would assume then that they would have this amazing cast with a bunch of other, like, actual, legit, cool fashion people. But everyone else in the cast is random. Random, (laughs) random, random. Random. Random Influences. Random. She,
2: she, she was the one that approached them as well. So... (laughs) Wait, oh yeah. In February two thousand twenty two when another gay podcaster pasted another <laughs> does that gay person podcast? have a name? Pasted Miss Lyons' face onto a promotional image of the Real Housewives of New York Cast, Miss Lyons shared it on her Instagram story writing, Who Do I Need to Call? I'm available. It was a bit of a joke, she said. And then she she goes, Still, she forwarded her post to Andy Cullen, oh my bravo host and executive producer She's whose Christmas parties she'd attended lol i love andy cohen you know what the, yeah i know if, people are so obsessed with him i right? used to think
1: he was like benevolent evil like but now i'm realizing more and more i just don't think he is when we have Aisha on
2: yeah we're gonna get Aisha on she can talk to you a lot about him because she's a bravo girl
1: yeah is B- below,
2: below deck. deck bravo yes, yes. Is she there goes, anything they can't do she goes to like the bravo christmas parties she's met john mayer oh my god she'll be she'll be lisa
1: she met lisa <laughs> yeah Fuck i don't john know. Mayer um
2: yeah so she well then her so that another below deck girl was the one who was fucking not scandinavian the other one schwartz at that halfway that not halfway house <laughs> the house, that, house. That, that, yeah whatever the fuck that house is where they all get drunk um good on her you know what this is a good idea he replied and then no one, shit
1: he would have been like all my christmases have come at once
2: yeah and then one month later, he announced Bravo was in the process of rebooting them and then had her in for a screen test. Of course, she passed the test. She's always been a compelling figure. Slender and tall. What? Like, this, this writer is so funny. Another slender gay and tall. podcaster. a <laughs> <Another laughs> gay podcaster. With oversized glasses. <laughs> Sorry, that's <was> my phone. <laughs> and a shirt often unbuttoned to her navel.
1: Yeah, so she... What, what made me a little sad about this piece, like or feel a bit sorry for jenna lyons is to go especially after this long and when the show's been going this long there's no reason you shouldn't know what you're walking into and it feels like she really had no idea what she was walking into and she was so caught off guard like the dynamics and in the vibe and how the show actually works and what every single housewife who goes on like carol radzivill is a really good example because she similar to jenna lyons was like very respected journalist she was married to jfk jr's cousin she was best friends with carolyn beset she was like a proper legit like celebrity girl person but wrote this beautiful highly respected memoir and she went on and she was really popular for a couple of seasons people are just excited to see you at first but to stay on at some point you're either going to be cast as the villain or someone's going to dig up something about you and say it on camera and you can't do anything about it or like like you need to be a smart, savvy person to make the housewives work for you, and you need to like be a Lisa Vanderpump or a Bethany Frankel and like own the narrative and craft the stories for yourself and like push shit back on other people so you're not the one that.
2: So you never look like you're the evil one. Yeah. Or so yeah. you never
1: let something like some really fucking serious shit, like the people who've gone to prison, like serious shit <laughs> comes out about people on this show that has yeah. real consequences for their lives because when you're opening it up you're literally opening up your signing contracts that say anyone can say anything about you on camera rumors they've heard about you shit that they've heard that you did at your workplace with your relationships with blah 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 like it's very exposing and you need to be ready for it and know like have a game plan and it really just seems from this piece like she just stepped into it really naively.
2: Well, yeah, it says in an early episode, while they're sharing intimate details of their relationship, she declined to talk about the woman she's dating, causing at least one cast member to bristle. My life has put me in the public eye, she said, and if someone doesn't want to be in that with me, I have to respect that.
1: <laughs> Don't go on
2: housewives. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I worry about it for her. She also said, which was, like, really honest and... <laughs> brave yeah. <laughs> that she basically was saying she was coming up with all these reasons to her friend about why she wanted to go on the show and including that it would be good publicity for this eyelash brand and, yeah, yeah. and then her friend was just like you want to go on it because you want attention and then she said that it made her realize that yes <laughs> after leaving j crew and leaving that high profile job all of the party invites stopped coming all of the like fashion parties stopped happening and she kind of felt like she lost it's just gonna be a different kind
1: of fame, though. Exactly. <laughs> she does it. She's she seems surprisingly naive for someone who was so successful, don't you think? Yeah. Reading this piece. Yeah. Even that, like her saying, Oh, the party like she could have so I don't want to it say. She Easy, but she could have so easily parlayed that experience into something where she kept getting invitations forever. Like I don't know. Think about like, like Lauren Santo Domingo and Moda Aperanda. Like there's just all these businesses that people have that are kind of just excuses for you to keep getting invited to shit. They're also successful businesses. But she have just done a rival J Crew brand of like affordable basics because J J.Crew's fucking shit now and like filed for bankruptcy two years ago. I know. Yeah, it's... There was a line in there that said... Like Bravo's getting so much more out of this than she is. Like, exactly. I was just like, that's just it. That's just In, it a, in nutshell. a
2: nutshell, I know. I feel bad for it. Also, in other housewives mm. news, Kyle and Maurizio are rumored to be getting a divorce. She actually released. They released a joint statement saying that's not happening today. But people have been reporting on it. Are people exclusive that they would separated after 27 years of marriage? People don't just publish
1: these things. Maurizio's slipped it to people because he's trying to get out, and Kyle's been like, "No, no, no!" and taking his phone off him and posting <laughs> something on his Instagram story. Say, we're working. We're on are very our match. much to- that it's like a a version of that little stick message that Dominic West did. <laughs> God, that's we're very much still
2: together. He's locked in that castle for the rest of his life.
1: <laughs> um. So the Kyle Maurizio rumours have been swirling for many a year. It Really? It's intricately tied to the Lisa Vanderpump downfall. Really? Basically, the story... This is why the show is it's so iconic. Lisa became friends with Brandi Glanville and she was on the show. And then Brandi Glanville went like totally rogue, a rogue agent, and went off chops <laughs> and said on camera that Lisa had to, had told her to bring... A copy of like People or US Weekly where the cover story was Maurizio cheating on Kyle and to place it down in one of the scenes as if by accident so someone could bring it up and start talking about it. But Lisa and Kyle were meant to be best friends at that point, And that became this like huge thing. Where Lisa was obviously trying to bring in the Maurizio cheating scandal into the show. And Kyle like blocked it left, right, and center. That's so That was like naughty. ten years ago. Or maybe like, seven years ago. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. So, it's been a thing for a long time. And then, there was a bit where um, Maurizio walked in with, like, Kyle, their, like, 15-year-old daughter or something. And Lisa goes, oh, so this is the mystery young woman Maurizio has been caught Kyle goes, Blitzer, please. <laughs> Blitzer, please.
2: <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. So, he's a dirty, a dirty dog. Well... That was to be expected, wasn't it? He looks like
1: well, at the start they seemed so cute. No, they seem so cute, yeah. and I feel
2: like they are. I feel like two things. The, the two things can be true, which is what, it. yeah, which is what is crazy about love and life. Like I genuine <laughs> I genuinely believe that like they could be like super in love, yeah, and then he can just go out and fuck a twenty year old, like, and
1: well, he owns a like selling sunset esque real estate company. What so what what can one expect? And then
2: also just. Yeah,
1: not feel... I don't know. It's so so strange. This is the Faustian pact that Kyle made was to get extremely rich. She had to let Maurizio do a job where he has access to young, hot real estate agents. Yeah. So. Everyone's talking about the... Probably still to this day, the best episode of Housewives, the dinner party where Alison DuBois... Oh my God. (laughs) ...is smoking an e-cigarette. And she says... He will never fulfill you emotionally. And then she says, "As soon as your children are, gro- are grown up, you'll grow apart." And now their children, their eldest is like eighteen. This is
2: by Allison. You mean the medium? The medium that from they the bring show on. Medium. Yeah, the medium from the show Medium. Well, who even invited her aunt Thingy? Kelsey Grammer's ex-wife, Kelsey right? Kelsey Grammer's ex wife invites her around for dinner and she was being so chaotic. And Kelsey, <laughs> she gets wasted. She got yeah. super wasted. And she's
1: smoking an e cigarette. And by an e cigarette, I mean it's in the shape of a cigarette. And when you puff it, it like lights up at the <laughs> end. So, like it's a yeah.
2: cigarette. And at the table, right? Yeah. And then she looks at Kyle. She hates Kyle. She looks at yeah. Kyle and goes, You're going to get a divorce to the whole table. And then wasn't Camille. <laughs> um being like oh maybe she was reading my energy yeah because like they ended up getting a divorce and now yeah. you've seen have you seen allison has posted no allison has posted bring her she back posted today being like this is so i'm never wrong funny i have a, yeah literally i have a screenshot of it on my phone she said she put up a, a photo of the the, the dinner <laughs> and they're <are, laughs> oh my God, phone Asian Malouf. maloof My phone is blowing up from reporters now that Kyle and Maurizio have separated. So here's my comment. I don't wish Kyle ill. I hope she finds what she's looking for. I guess I'm the only one who saw this coming. (laughs) People kept telling me I was picking up on Camille's divorce. Not Kyle. Okay, you armchair psychics can sit down now. And then she like ends her quote marks because that was her official quote. And then she wrote, mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Someone sent it to me 39 minutes after it was posted. (laughs) I love women. He will never emotionally fulfill you ever. Know that. Know that.
1: <laughs> and she's drinking like literally a margarita. <laughs> she has green eyeshadow on. And that's the episode where Faye Resnick is there. That's like, when I watched that, I was, that was the moment I fell in love with Housewives. I was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. Like, yeah. I cannot believe that Andy Cohen orchestrated this dinner. It's Kyle, Kyle's crazy drunken sister. Faye. A Vanderpump. <laughs> Faye fucking Resnick Kelsey Grammer's Wait, crazy. who's Faye Resnick?
2: She's the one who was... She's the one who, after the OJ trial, yes, wrote did, like, the a book.
1: Playboy cover and wrote the book. Yes. Like, insane. And then Camille Grammer starts being like, oh, Faye Resnick, the morally bankrupt Faye <laughs> Resnick. And then Alison fucking Dubois <laughs> is getting wasted, smoking inside and telling Kyle that Maurizio's going to cheat on her. Yeah.
2: I remember that episode. I was like, this is crazy. Sometimes when you watch it, you're like, I can't even believe this is happening. Like, the one where... Which is, like, kind of sad. But the one where Taylor mm. is like super lit when they're I in know. the in the, the car and the when they're away together. Yes. And she's like screaming across the <laughs>
1: table. <laughs> it's like TV like that will never well I say it will never exist again, but Sandy was like that's Andy Cohen is in a league with The kardashians Jesse need Armstrong. to get
2: in with Andy Cohen. Yeah, the the
1: The Kardashians has just never done it for me.
2: No, it's too boring. I mean, it's too boring if you haven't if if you've seen this stuff. It, yeah. is, it is like really boring, and then there's moments where they'll be funny. Yeah, but it's it's few and far between. Now it used to be way more when the girls were younger because like Courtney and Chloe and stuff would get lit, mm-hmm. and when Scott was around more. But these mm-hmm. new
1: ones are so boring. What did you make of the? I've only really seen it through TikTok and talking to people who watch it, but. Kim, Courtney beefing, it's actually quite sweet because Courtney feels upset because she felt like the Dolce & wedding was like her thing, but they obviously kind of just used her to get to Kim, I think. Yeah. And then they did and the big collab with Kim. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. And she's angry at Kim. That like surprised me because I thought she would, I thought she would understand her place in the pecking order in that way. She's never been a fashion girly.
2: I know, but I think she felt upset because I think from what she thinks is that Kim used her wedding to get a brand deal. Yeah. But it's like, obviously, they just approached Kim. Yeah, they used her wedding to get Kim to do do a partnership with them. Yeah. 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 I know, Jada. I know. Maybe she should have just said no, but I... Who, Kim? Yeah. Yeah, she could have said no, to be fair. I love it when Kim gets really angry and starts screaming at them. I don't know if she's done it. I mean, I to be hope, yeah. to be fair, like a couple of years ago, they were having a physical fight. Kim and Courtney, I think, mm. and Chloe was like pulling them off each other, and they were like scratching each other's faces. They get feral. Kim's like, I love it when she gets really. Um, angry and start screaming at them that none of them would have
1: careers without her yeah it's true, it's true. it is true that's need what, to know their place that's why i'm team kim and the dolce thing So i was like i get it in other situations but i i just think without that sex
2: tape where would you all be yeah
1: and she has made she is the only reason that any fashion brands want to work with the other sisters i know, and and I know like, that they
2: all got invited to the met last year and then this year they just really were just like look we're just no. gonna be honest it's because there's of no those need fits
1: that courtney and travis war Yeah. Or tom brown oh that's right chloe actually looked quite nice they're just not relevant enough no obviously and kim is like an icon for you know what i mean she's just on a totally different stratosphere as yeah. a cultural icon yeah so justice for kim <laughs> This is a silly week of (laughs) topics.
2: I know. What's next? Oh my god! Yes, (laughs) Harry and Mick. This is like a Patreon.
1: Oh, I know.
2: Yeah, the story is crazy. So, what what happened first was it that Spotify? Oh, it was that Spotify cancelled archetypes,
1: right? Yes. And then, so the twenty million Spotify deal happened. It was a two year deal. It was up for renewal. They didn't renew, which meant cancelling archetypes. And then very soon after that, the head of podcasting at That's Spotify weird. went on his own podcast and basically said, um, Megan and Harry are a couple of fucking grifters and like get me drunk one day and I'll tell you about the time I did a Zoom with Harry and he pitched me his podcast ideas. It's like the funniest thing you'll ever hear. And that- He said to try and help him with a podcast idea.
2: <sighs> it's one of my best stories. Fuck them, the grifters. Yeah. So that's crazy. That's on
1: the, like, he fully just said that and he's still employed by Spotify. It's crazy. So that, I think, opened the floodgates. So much has happened with them in the last few weeks. That opened the floodgates to other people, I think, feeling emboldened to talk about them openly. And this guy at Khan, I can't remember which agency he runs, like United or like one of the big agencies, basically said something like, well, this is the thing that you're seeing more and more nowadays of like these companies have been throwing money at celebrities. But if you're not actually talented, it it doesn't pay off for them. For example, Meghan Markle has proven herself to just be not talented or something like really harsh. And that was then followed by this Washington Post thing. So there's almost been like this floodgates have opened of like anyone with a bone to pick in the industry is feeling like they can just say it on the record. Um and then there was the Dior rumors, which I don't know if you saw those. No, what's that? That was really strange. There was a story that came out basically saying Megan Megan is signed with WME, William Morris Endeavor, whatever it's called. They're like a big Hollywood agency. Like mm-hmm. it's a big deal that they signed her. And and they signed her when? Like recently? Like, yeah, maybe two or three months ago. Okay. And then would you remember when she went to the basketball and wore that styled suit? It was like yeah. It a little thing. The her agent at WME is married to the stout designer. Okay. So it was like this whole kind of engineered stuff happening. And then this story came out saying Megan, Michael to, to do an ambassadorship deal with Dior. And I was like, that is crazy. When I saw that, I was like, that is just like, it's like Johnny the- Depp and Megan <laughs> Markle. Fucking Natalie Portman. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like insane to have Johnny Depp, and not like I would pick Megan Markle of Johnny Depp a thousand times, Obviously, but it's yes. like that vibe of the Jenna Lyons Bravo thing It's just like Megan has so much more to get out of a Dior partnership yes. than they have from signing her. I just I was like, if that happens, it will be just so fascinating because I think. And then the next day, Dior came out to WWD and were basically like, we have no idea what this is. We have nothing to do with this. We're not signing a deal with her. Like it just felt like so many things went wrong for them so yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's really awkward. It's just so awkward because I'm just like everyone's just being dicks at this point. I'm like, just let the story be. I know you don't have to come out and be like, no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: so this piece is called "Harry and Meghan Produce a Hollywood Flop for Themselves."
1: <laughs> is this for watching? Is it Washington Post?
2: I don't know. It's one. It's the one you sent me, but yeah, I, I
1: couldn't figure Washington out what that Post. was. <laughs> and or Wall Street Journal, maybe.
2: It was like a random
1: link. It was a Reddit link to the piece of screen grabbing the piece. Right. so paywall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck this is.
2: Um, Yeah. And just talking about how, like three years ago, they obviously came to California with like big dreams and big deals. And like, I do obviously get why it's easy to laugh at the kind of <laughs> – The ideas they had and what they've pitched to Spotify and Netflix. And I do think that, obviously, when you're going to get a deal this massive, you have to put a lot of work in. And from what it sounds like, they haven't really done that. They kind of took the deals and then were just being a bit lazy with, like, filling out the obligations. And I get all of that, but I am also, like, there is a lot of it is to do with those fucking streamers throwing money at anyone with a name. Like, what do they expect is going to happen it's mm-hmm. giving them like a 20 million dollar deal with no deliverables yeah exactly it's so stupid i would be fucking getting a washington post article about how lazy
1: i was if <sighs> someone did that for me agreed i completely agree i think it's so interesting like the way this so this story the Washington sorry wall street journal story um to repeat the headlines it's so insane harry and megan producer of hollywood flop themselves it's basically a story that is really targeted at like yeah mocking how out of touch and like untalented they are and how they had all this potential and they didn't do anything with it whereas like you say a very similar article was published recently about like Phoebe Waller-Bridge getting 60 million dollars from Amazon and not having produced a single thing but like because it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge and she's not like an easy punching down media target that story nowhere in that story is it a reflection? She hasn't produced anything in that time. Yeah, in that's three years. fucking mental. And you could write a story had this saying... little docuseries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least say Which was, like, the biggest show. I mean, yeah. we'll talk about Netflix in a second, but, like... Oh, yeah. At least she made archetypes. Like, yeah, like, that article wasn't framed as, like, what has she done in that time? And, like, you know, lazy, 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 lazy just taking money and leaving. What a fucking grifter. Like, there wasn't a snarky thing about they try to do a Tomb Raider reboot, which is, like, in the same vibe as some of the stuff Harry and Megan. Have pitched, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're just boring reboots. Like that's the whole thing. So, like you say, it seems like these companies are using Harry and Meghan as like a diversion tactic to get people off their back for being extremely um, reckless with their investment. Yeah, I mean
2: these are fun. funny. So, other proposed project seemed designed to replicate successful shows already on Netflix, such as a sitcom described as Emily in Paris, but about a man. <laughs> That's my favourite one. <laughs> and a family-friendly TV show about gay characters that felt similar to the fan favourite, Heartstopper. Netflix said no to both. People familiar with the matter said. Also, the other thing that I love is that when she was... So she didn't have much to do with Netflix because she was so busy working on Archetypes. But with Archetypes, she had 17 producers. Imagine what After Work Drinks could be if we had one producer. <laughs> <laughs> 17 of them. Whenever I think about that, I... 17 people in this room right now 17 people um and then they brought on gimlet media which helped megan compile a list of potential guests and then spotify helped to build a podcast studio in their mansion (laughs) and then megan wrote this is the funniest part megan wrote taylor swift a personal letter asking her to come on the podcast the pop
1: star declined through a representative That's really – like, Megan would have read that coming out and just cried and cried. Like, there's just information you want no one to know. Who told? Who told? A disgruntled Spotify producer, one of the 17.
2: Yeah, because also they say in this other piece that um, Archwell employees and associates say the company often lacks direction and that its founders at times seem surprised by the work required to finish entertainment projects. (laughs) Most potential initiatives follow a similar route, big idea, subpar execution. In May last year, the head of communications at Archwell and the head of communications at the Couples Nonprofit Foundation stepped down, and the following month, several others followed, including the company's head of audio Mm. and Mandana Dayani, the president of the entire operation. And then in March, the film producer hired to oversee Archwell's content slate on the strength of credits such as the Oscar-winning Promising Young Woman, left the company to return to his prior job.
1: This is the thing that we have to just be able to sit with as complicated, nuanced humans, is that a lot of people stop working for mega and Arrow. A lot of people stop <laughs> working, working In the Megan UK and, and now in the US. Yeah. People leave there's, very there's quickly.
2: There's two more. Yeah. head of marketing, part of ways <laughs> with the company, as does its head of scripted content. Like Everybody leaves.
1: Everybody leaves and you don't leave a cushy job where the people are like benevolently useless, but you're getting paid. No, that's the best kind of job. Yeah, it has to be scat behind the scenes. Yeah. And my favorite, we need to talk about Putin in a second, an unexpected cameo from Vladimir Putin himself. But this idea for their Netflix show, Harry and Meghan are developing a TV show for Netflix called Bad Manners based on Miss (laughs) Havisham. a charles dickens character from great expectations the prequel will recast the lonely spinster as a strong woman living in a patriarchal society love i've watched that honestly (laughs) though it's unclear whether it'll get the green light from netflix to be fair that could be done in like a wednesday adams-esque way and people would lap it up this is the problem i'm like i'm a bit disappointed in megan because i really harry so harry is like not fit for purpose like he is not built <laughs> to exist in society in any way no he's built to be behind those palace walls smiling and like
2: princess diana is his
1: mom yeah leave
2: the man be that's he, all he
1: needs to do he has been raised in like a fucking edwardian style household he is not meant to pitch original podcasts. No. Like, <laughs> not what he's he's not meant for. to be on a podcast he's no. not meant
2: to like
1: yeah listen to podcast. he's not meant to even know what a podcast is he should not know what a podcast is he should barely know about netflix yeah so it all falls on megan this is her forte this is her background she's sold the dream i imagine she's a very good salesperson i imagine she was very good in the pitch meetings getting those deals over the line i really thought she'd have some like good ideas when you when you're like at that level where netflix say we will throw money at whatever project you want to do just tell us like you just got to read a mod like look at Reese Witherspoon you just got to read like a moderately popular women's fiction book <laughs> and say let's adapt this with so many an bro- all-star cut. like yes. it's like it's that whole friendly words thing about like getting your foot in the door in Hollywood is the whole thing it's not that hard like it's not that easy but it's not that hard if you're handed programming from Netflix how can they not have come up with something better
2: as you say, so many projects, so much of everything we see is adapted from a fucking book mm-hmm. that someone has just read, yep. and uh, and thingy it. and like all of these production companies have people working to like get in with the book editors to read the, the manuscripts before they're published, so that they can get the film rights before everyone. It's like, surely Megan could hire someone,
1: and with this fucking team she's assembled, the fucking. <laughs>
2: someone to read scripts i would yes. read that'd be my dream fucking job could you think of people, a better job
1: yeah and for most people in hollywood the problem is the resources to get something like started like greenlit over the line thing if you have all of these producers and people who are working at archwell productions and it's like all you need to do is say i like this book it's never been adapted into a movie before get the promising young woman guy to find a screenwriter get the someone to find some cool young director who hasn't been tapped before like you have all of the pieces like this is why people have a problem with them because it just comes across as laziness because yeah. the average like joe blow on the street would do more with a with a hundred million dollar netflix i got deal. sucked into listening to a case file episode again <laughs> yes. and the fucking the scuba diving murder yes a adapt that
2: or the one that i listened to on the plane back from um italy guess what happened um, a man, really poor man, won the lottery, won 30 million yeah, US dollars. was going to try to kill you. And yes. <laughs> went on the TV because they like make, they also, it's so crazy. And they don't make you go on TV, but in Florida, you have to announce that you've won and but, your, your name and everything and how much money you've won. Just so now, for trouble yeah. That. So now they've like put the law back so you don't have to announce for 90 days, but you still have to, but you have 90 days to like get your affairs in order and like leave the country and cut off everyone you know. And with this, $30 million, um, had went on TV, was like, I'm so stoked. This, like, lovely man. And he hadn't, he was from, like, a super poor background, like, hadn't really been to school, couldn't really write, like, read and write very well. Goes on TV, is just, like, this amazing, super generous. All these people from his neighborhood start coming around asking peeps money. He starts giving everyone money. This woman, called Dee sees, I can't remember what she saw. I think she, like... Ugh, I, don't, I don't know. She saw some like panel discussion or something, found out about this guy, goes to his town, manipulates him into giving her oh, power of attorney. Emily wiles. And then murders him. Oh my God. And I was like, this needs to be adapted. Where is it's this so story? Rude. on Shari
1: Ramusen, a woman who kill, um, <laughs> yes. like highbrow series.
2: Yes. A woman who, she fucking killed her what was it her ex-boyfriend's new, new wife
1: girlfriend and she bit her in the arm and, and then, then she was a cop
2: and then she was a cop and the police in her department started investigating the case like 20 years later and she's really high up in their department and they bring her and interrogate her about the crime and they found her fucking
1: dna on this woman's arm like and they play the whole fucking tape in the episode <laughs> and the, where is the penny dropped. on like, netflix it's not it's not that hard <laughs> It's three not that episodes. Hard. Like if you have this you're yeah, so this is where the frustration comes from and I get it. They're being silly. They're being silly writing these like over-dramatized press releases about car chases that like didn't really happen and then not following through with this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I just think they're doing themselves no favors. This will be taught in university as like everything like what not to do in pr how two people have squandered like public affection they just had like i i don't feel strongly in either direction i think like we said a lot of this stuff is just like they've become they have become a like an easy target for the media but like everyone who wants to love them and support them and be on their side and like support like the very real allegations of racism that Megan made and, like, the very outdated... Mo- like, you know what I mean? They just continue to make it difficult for people to, like... They make it hard for their fans to, like, yes. love them because and, yeah. they're acting so entitled and silly. Yeah.
2: And Naples, <laughs> these, like, two Americans started talking to us when we hung over after the wedding, eating pizza on the street. They were mm-hmm. sitting beside us. And then they they were, like, I guess because the boys I was with are British... They were just like, what do you think about Harry and Meghan? And I tried to have their back. Mm-hmm. And everybody else at the table were just like, yeah. even the boys. I was I was like, didn't know you guys had a fucking opinion. But they were like, yeah, they're just attention seekers, aren't they? And I was like, oh, my God. And then it's just really hard to even – because every time you try and be like, well, the institution mm-hmm. is, like, really racist, it would have been really hard to, like, come into that. They're just like, well, why are they going on I – I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like – but anyway, so this – before we, we need to just mention this – Last week Bloomberg reported that one podcast idea, seriously mooted by Harry, was to make an entire series about childhood trauma, which is which is which is nice. Yeah. Not just his own trauma, because he has obviously got enough this Guardian writer. Snarky. Everything from the photo they used. Have you ever seen a worse photo of those two in, in your life? It's
1: yeah. Because obviously pushing the anti-monarchist agenda too hard. Yes,
2: because he's obviously got enough mileage out of that elsewhere. But the trauma of a group best described as world baddies, (laughs) as Bloomberg wrote, the concept of the show was as follows: Harry would interview a procession of controversial guests, such as Vladimir Putin, (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg, and Donald Trump, about their early formative years and how those experiences resulted in the adults they are today.
1: Like he's literally living in a fucking dream world. Like, he's going to sit down with Vladimir Putin and be like, what happened in your childhood that There's made you, busy, like, a world-volving like, <laughs> fucking Ukraine? Children in the Ukraine. Like, it's it's so... This is what I mean where it's, like, slightly tragic, but this is... This is the problem with them, is, like, because they haven't... They didn't spend time and sit and figure out... I think this is, this is the fatal flaw that they've made, is, like, they're trying to tiptoe between two camps, and it's, like they come out and criticize the royal family and they talk about how it's this like completely outdated like institution that doesn't fit with modern Britain and all these examples and everyone goes yes and gets on board and then Harry's interviewed and goes like I still love the monarchy I support the monarchy 100% they're fighting for their kids to be called prince and princess even though they don't live in America like They want the sheen of the monarchy while also trying to like criticize it, but not really criticize it because they still want it to exist. And then they're trying to like join in a conversation and condemn things that are rooted in like classism and privilege questions while still wanting to maintain like, there's all these stories and these pieces about them, like the grifters thing about them, like. Meeting someone once at a party and then, like, wrangling them into using their private jet and staying at their beach house for weeks at a time. <laughs> like, they love... That's crazy. It's crazy. I didn't they...
2: see that anywhere.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was on TikTok, I saw it. Yeah. But it was...
2: I mean, they didn't... Remember they hadn't met... What's that guy's name? Who let them stay at his yeah, house? Tyler. They'd okay. never met him. Yeah. And he let Megan and Harry stay at his house when they escaped... The UK and went to to LA, yeah,
1: and that's kind of random.
2: Oh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> give up my fucking mansion for two randoms.
1: Um, but yeah, so I don't know what's gonna happen. I do feel like Megan has distanced herself from Harry publicly, which to me doesn't bode well. How? When? So like. The first thing was the coronation. I totally understand her not wanting to go to that because, like, that would have been fucked. But, like, <laughs> yeah. that for him is, like... Yeah, he so obviously doesn't to want to go alone.
2: Yeah, you can't just, like not go to the awkward family functions
1: yeah when you're like
2: married very responsible for the dynamic yeah. through not not through
1: like you know yeah. what i mean but like
2: you just have to like you have to she had to at least flow into the uk to support her I'm like how shit would that have been well
1: now he's at the uk during the trial and she hasn't come out for the trial and she hasn't come out for the thing and she's been like photographed on these hikes doing things with other people and like there's this whole thing about like wme rebranding her in this way that's like away from the negativity associated with harry and i just i f- i don't know i don't know i could just do more did
2: say did they someone someone asked them about megan and harry and she said uh, if they're getting if they're separating and she said the room Duma said the rumors, a
1: the rumor mill is getting louder or some shit really i think spare backfired in this way that neither of them expected um, and I think, I don't know, it will be really sad if they break up.
2: I know. Would have been such a mess of a romance if they broke up. Yeah. Because the only thing they have out of this whole thing is, like, that love story. Yeah. Which, as you say, now they don't even seem to be... Well, I feel like they haven't been seen publicly since that, like, car chase thing. Yeah. And I wonder if that backfiring and, and people arcing up caused, like, a fight behind the scenes. Because it's, like, who wanted to go public about that who was pressing that
1: i feel like it was harry i think i think he has got like increasingly like that increasingly in the like media yeah just increasingly kind of i don't want to say paranoid but like just very in that settling scores and wanting whatever and i think she would just want to be making a point of like carving out this new taking what they have and carving out this new path for them, like, for themselves, I guess. But I also think it would be quite – this is, like, an interesting thing as well. I'm just totally speculating here. But, like, if you meet someone and it's the context of, like, it's Prince fucking Harry, you know what I mean? And, like, the power dynamic in that is crazy because it's, like, this insane world that you're being brought into. And, like, you would just – meeting him i feel like you would just think the sun shone out of him and like you just couldn't see any flaws and then to be plucked out of that someone that's like never worked never had a job doesn't know how to like probably clean yeah like probably is like very infantile in a lot of ways mm. and to pluck him in a and world also, like, like the America, trauma of
2: losing his mom and yeah. all of that
1: stuff like without probably fear ther- without access to therapy like he's probably
2: going through that stuff that we went through years ago like Mm. now and it's probably not he's probably coming to this like when he like said about learning about having what is it conscious unbiased yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like great but
1: megan's probably just like chop (laughs) chop exactly and then i'm like if you then were in this house with him and you've got young kids and he like can't come up with a podcast idea. He like can't come up with a thing. You know what I mean? He's like hung up on these big, highly expensive legal court cases. But you know, I can just see how like you get the ick. (laughs) Yeah. Big ick. I could just see her one day waking up and just like looking at him in his beads, like shuffling around, like muttering about being phone hacked (laughs) in 2006.
2: (laughs) And how that affected his relationship with Chelsea. (laughs) Chelsea (laughs) Davy.
1: And you'd just be like, God. So like pale. Yeah, I don't know. She's obviously an. Am- She's always been an ambitious girly. I can just see that. Like, he's w- he's holding her back.
2: Yeah, she needs to just relaunch <laughs> Instagram and the Tig. It's
1: that is just burning a hole in her pocket. That that launch post is ready to go. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's been in the drafts. She's waiting for the right time to fire. Um, okay, we actually have to
2: go. Yeah um but i'm some girls will be pleased to know we jumped back on the idol train yes and a big review incoming
0: is
1: coming on the patreon yeah we love you love you and goodbye bye